0: Hello and welcome to the May 31st, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a long-lost new edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Of course, my name is Mr. Joe, and it is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And, of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. And it most certainly has been a while. And we don't need to get into repetitive details as to why Mr. Joe disappears off the face of the earth, for lack of better terms, because we certainly don't want that. Um, But again, I'll I'll save you guys, I'll spare you all the annoyance of me repeating myself over and over again. Work has been very, very difficult. Now with that being said, there are several other things that have prevented me from podcasting, most most of which stem from the simple fact that a tremendous amount of stress and life events have all added up to make Mr. Joe probably the most anxious and stressful he's ever been in a very 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 long time. Mr. Joe has engaged in behavior that is very reminiscent of the behaviors that I described when I was younger, very reminiscent of behaviors that I have described over the last two years. And most of this stems from the simple fact that my ex-wife not only is taking me to court for a child modification support, it's over the fact that I cannot go there without a lawyer. And ultimately, that led to money problems in which, of course, I had to go to my parents once again and borrow money from them. And I'm not comfortable with any of this, but nevertheless, I have retained my lawyer and I feel much more comfortable and I I, honestly I cannot wait to see the look on her face when I walk in on Monday with my attorney I'm very very excited about that and it's sad because I didn't want to be that kind of a person as a matter of fact I never wanted to go back to court again but here we are and the stress has surmounted to an unprecedented Amount of essentially horrific behavior. Horrific, horrific behavior. Screaming, yelling, lack of impatience. As a matter of fact, Mr. Joe, for the first time since November of 2017, and this is going back over two years ago actually started to bang his head with his hands <laughs> um, and it's not a laughing matter it's really not thank goodness I wasn't smacking it against the wall but I was so frustrated um, within one moment that I actually smacked my head probably six or seven times with an open hand to the point where I felt the gyration <laughs> in my head and what was interesting about this self-injurious um, moment, is it didn't feel good in any way whatsoever. It really rattled my brain. And when I say that, I I am actually being very, very literal, meaning that I felt like a rattle in my brain when I did it, Uh, a physical rattle. And I said, well, this can't be good. With that being said, on top of that, and many of you I'm sure have done this before, add on the simple fact that you go to your loved ones and you scream and you yell, and then ultimately you tell them, that's it, I am admit myself to a hospital. And I cannot tell you how many times over the last few days I have told people that I am admitting myself into a hospital and isolating myself from everyone and everything, because that's what needs to be done. As you could see, though, here we are, May 31st, and Mr. Joe can honestly say, without a shadow of a doubt, that... I actually don't recall any of this stuff that happened and the only reason why I know it went on is because I had to write it down I wrote it down after it occurred and if I think back long and hard I could remember little tidbits of what I might have said I don't even remember specific situations as to what prompted me to behave this way but nevertheless I did and here we are and nobody could understand it better than you those with bipolar disorder, somehow, someway. Here we are on a Friday, and Mr. Joe feels normal. So what does Mr. Joe do? He starts his podcast again. Now, on top of the fact that I feel normal today, I woke up this morning to 714 emails from our family, our listeners. And... I'm going to be honest, (laughs) I did not have time to get through them all. I got through about a hundred of them. Um, And for the first time in a long time, Mr. Joe actually went through them and skipped around. I usually go in order, but I skipped around um, looking for certain subjects and topics. Um, And one email in particular had caught my attention, uh, mainly... And and I'm not going to disclose this individual's name because I was not given permission to. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to read the email because I was also not given permission to do that. But it has generated a topic that is very important, specifically because this person asked a question about it in relationship to their bipolar disorder. Now, the one thing that makes me really happy about this particular email is it appears that Mr. Joe has helped another person essentially recognize that we are living lives equally or identically and if your life appears to be a recording or a replay of my life and you're not diagnosed yet there's a good chance that you have bipolar disorder and it appears that this person is taking the necessary steps to better themselves and get themselves healthy and help with their bipolar disorder now one of the things that was brought up in this email and I have to tell you again not that I I dislike any of the emails that come through Uh, I'm grateful of the fact that I don't think I've ever at least not recently gotten any hate mail (laughs) or any people that Um, are mean to Mr. Joe. I mean, everybody has something wonderful to say. Everybody has a great topic. Everybody has a story. And everybody I read means the world to me. I mean, everybody's an individual, and I think I find the good and the interesting components in every email. And some of them make me cry. Some of them make me scared. But I'll tell you, this particular email got me really thinking, because this particular person asked about isolation, and I found it interesting mainly because, if if you think about how I started this podcast, I alluded to the fact that over the last few days I wanted to completely isolate myself and put myself into a hospital, and the unfortunate truth here is the first and most consistent factor in terms of isolating ourselves really is depression. And that's where Mr. Joe tends to be different in terms of his bipolar disorder because many times, and we've talked about this before, my worst moments come when I am manic. Now, if I'm yelling, screaming, and irritable, odds are that I'm manic. However, I will tell you this, that over the course of the last week, my mania has been compounded with several bouts of crying, mixed episodes, rapid cycling, and I have to tell you, it's probably been the worst that i felt in quite some time. There was one particular podcast in which I believe I podcasted in the morning, and I actually broke down and cried a little bit. I think it's been since then that I felt this bad. With that being said, again, obviously, here we are on a Friday, and thank God it is Friday, and I feel great. I feel great, but... Pushing Mr. Joe's mania aside, again, the first and most consistent factor when it comes to isolation is depression. And people that live with bipolar, like you and I, um, one of the things that happens with us is depression, obviously, and self-isolation. And this is really, just so you understand why we do this, and listen, I could be wrong, Mr. Joe is not a doctor, there's no scientific evidence to this. If you want to look at it from that perspective, again, this is all based on Mr. Joe's personal experiences and feelings. But ultimately, when we isolate ourselves, this is the body's attempt to conserve, I guess you could say, your energy while you're attempting to fix whatever problem you have in front of you and it's also in conjunction with your mind's attempt to avoid those socially difficult situations that we oftentimes do not want to go near. To be honest, at least for me, people, and I mean family, friends, co-workers, others, those people are absolutely exhausting at least to mr joe when i'm depressed they they exhaust me and that emotional and cognitive exhaustion absolutely without a shadow of a doubt has physical cost and there is nothing nothing in my opinion uh, more lonely than being in a crowd of happy people and unable to join those people because you are so depressed so isolation is a big big deal and it's, again, it's, I would tend to say and argue that it's the most practical way to prevent normal people from being threatened by us. And we hope that eventually we'll be able to figure out how to act, uh, act around others or interact with them in an acceptable way. But until that happens, we hide, we isolate ourselves, because that is the best way to stay safe within our society without being thrown out of society (laughs) if that makes any sense at all now there are a couple of things that um, again happen to mr joe and you could agree with me or not agree with me but it's it's probably a, a, a very good bet if you're not sure whether or not you're isolating yourselves this is what mr joe at least does especially when i am in depression and again Mania will isolate Mr. Joe as well. A lot of times it isolates me because I throw people... I, I, I force people to want to leave me because I'm so violent and so mean. Um, and then, unfortunately, I beg for their attention back. And we've talked about that before. you know, Screaming, yelling, hurting people, and then all of a sudden you want, you want forgiveness. But when I'm depressed and I isolate myself, this is out there, you, my family... This is what I want you to essentially look for. Or, I apologize, I had a missed call there. I don't know if anybody even hears those things. Um, But um, going back to what I was saying, and I hope I can recall what in the world I was even talking about, uh, depression. Now, when Mr. Joe is depressed and I isolate myself, I want, obviously, everybody to think about this. And, again, if you are doing some of these things, there's a good chance that you are isolating yourself. And for Mr. Joe, I mean, one of the first things is I am suicidal. And I start to push those people that love me away because, really, honestly, everybody, it would be easier for me to do it if they're not around. And when I am depressed and I isolate myself, the God's honest truth is I don't even feel like I deserve my friends or I deserve my family. And, you know, if I know one of those friends or family members have very little patience for depressed people like myself then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid them. <laughs> I mean, the, them specifically. And unfortunately, that might carry over sometimes to other people. Um, and essentially, I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be, I guess you call it a buzzkill. That's a word I used to use all the time when I was younger. I don't, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to be a buzzkill for other people. And even if there was a moment in which I had to reach out to somebody, let me put it this way. When I dial the telephone, it's difficult. I may have to dial a number five times to get it right because I'm so lethargic and so slow and I so much do not want to do it because I want to remain isolated and I just want to sleep that I cannot even punch those numbers into my cell phone. I don't have the energy to get out of my bed, much less take a shower or brush my teeth I mean I recognize over the last week my water pick hadn't been used. I I didn't even have the energy to do it because I was so stressed out. I didn't have the energy. A lot of times when I'm isolating myself because there are other people in my home and it's very hard to do so, I honestly don't even have the energy to engage one-on-one within my house. So while I don't want to say I walk around pouting, I walk around almost like a frightened little baby because I don't have the energy to go out. I don't have the energy to conversate. And the God's honest truth is I just want to be alone. And I think um, if if you're going through any of those things, and again, it's very hard because a lot of times with depression, I mean, those are some of the common telltale signs of depression, obviously. But man, if you're not surrounded by people, then there's a good chance that you are isolated and um you got to take steps to get yourself out of that isolation when you live with bipolar disorder it is imperative it is essential and to be honest the first step is (laughs) listening to this podcast and actually acknowledging that you do have a problem with isolation and we're not going to fix it You know, by the end of this podcast, there's no way you're going to hit stop and everything's going to be fine. But, you know, taking one step at a time, I think that will allow you to eventually get out of that isolation. So, again, I've been isolated probably 50% of my entire life. And I've had plenty of practice in terms of getting out of isolation. So this particular person had asked for some suggestions. And, um, you know, I hope they're not so generic because I tried to think of ways to flip this around and make it somewhat interesting, but the truth of the matter is they are kind of generic when it comes to getting yourself out of isolation because we all isolate ourselves with bipolar primarily for the same reasons. Because we're depressed. So for me, I know that, and and I don't do this anymore, okay, because I have enough strength and energy to get to the gym, which, by the way, I actually, through all of this, ironically enough, I've been at the gym. Don't even get into it. I, I'm not even going to get into it. But before I was into the gym and years ago, or um, even right in the beginning, I believe, when I was first um, you know, really diagnosed, not even diagnosed, accepting of the fact that I had bipolar, let's say back in 2017, i got to tell you, Doing home exercises to get ready for the day is actually something that forces you, obviously, to get up and move. Now, that doesn't mean you're around people, but in my opinion, that is the very first step into getting where we need to be which is out of isolation and why is that well I've explained so many times over and over again that exercise activates the endorphins and when your endorphins are activated you're in a better mood when I was coming off Suboxone and I've told this story the first time I was so depressed and I would cry so much that after I would put my children on the bus as I shook like a leaf like a like a leaf, literally. Like, bye, kids. I love you. You know, and and put them on the bus, and then run inside and break down and cry. I mean, that was my life for many, 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 many days and months. Really, forget about days, months. Um, but after that cry, somehow, some way, and, and listen, if I could do it, you can do it. Okay, because I'm not some person without bipolar turning around saying, ah, you could do it. I'm telling you, you are capable of doing this, because even after the worst experience in my entire life, which happens to be my withdrawal of Suboxone, the very first time I was able to get my butt out there and run. And when I say run, Mr. Joe is not a jogger, okay, by any stretch of the imagination or a runner for that matter but whatever i could do i would do i would fast walk i would run a block um and i have to tell you i actually still remember one particular day in which i was hysterical crying all morning long i went out and i ran and i came back in the house and i was at the kitchen sink and i grabbed a spray bottle of soap or you know cleaner, and I started spraying the counter, and I'm wiping up, and all of a sudden I'm cleaning, and I said to myself, "Dear God, I, I, I feel good. I feel good. This is amazing. I mean, I can't believe what I feel like." And then, unfortunately, the Suboxin it does such a number on you that was, that was honestly so short lived. I believe it it lasted about 20 minutes, and you know that's a whole different ball game that we really cannot get into now again. Um, But, you know, those are some of the ways that I got myself out of that isolation. And it was all done through exercise. Because, again, that's that's the first step. That's not saying that you're going to... I'm not telling you to go out and exercise and go knock on your neighbor's door and and go for a run with them. I'm not saying that that's going to work. But by you getting up and doing some of these things, that might force you to go to different places or at least make a plan To go to different places every other week. And you know what? Write about it. Write about what you're seeing. Write about whether or not it's helping. Write about whether or not it's scaring the living hell out of you. And what am I referring to? I mean, I don't know. Go to a park near your house. I know it doesn't seem like much, but this week I'm going to go to my park and I'm going to sit on a bench. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit on a bench. You know why? Because I had um, all of last week off. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to get out and do anything. So this week I'm going to go sit on a bench and you don't want to take a journal with you and just write about how you're feeling. You know, I'm miserable sitting here. I'm scared. I'm hoping nobody comes over and talks to me. It actually feels good to be out here. This isn't so bad. You know what? Maybe I will come back here. Maybe this might be my safe place. Maybe I hate it. Whatever it might be, you got to start writing down those things. And I've talked about journal keeping many, many times. But these little steps, they build on one another. And eventually, you'll actually get back into the habit of getting dressed and taking a shower. It's always going to be a work in progress. And we're always going to want to keep to ourselves during certain um, really depressive times but beating yourself down is absolutely pointless there's no, there's no reason for it absolutely no reason for it and you know what a lot of times what ends up happening is we isolate our family and our friends for the reasons that I said sometimes our friends and family move away from us and I've done that before I did that to my mother and you know what as far as I'm concerned, and this is critical upon myself, those people, if they do isolate yourselves, uh, isolate themselves, they don't care enough about you. Now, with that being said, they are allowed to isolate themselves if they are unaware of the fact that you, out there, have a mental illness which is causing you to act this way. Because anybody who's not aware of it is just going to say, hey, man, I don't don't want anything to do with that person. Nothing at all. So that's why it's, it's really my suggestion that, man, if you have to have somebody listen to this episode, reach out to your friend or your family member and be honest with them about what is going on. You don't have to get into details because I know right now that, Mr. Joe, I struggle completely with asking other people for things, for help. I, listen, I wanted to, I wanted to, I can't even tell you what I felt like asking my parents for money. I know it's a completely different situation when it comes to isolation and depression, but I realize that if I don't reach out to somebody, it not only emphasizes the problem at hand, but it gives us no hope at all it becomes a vicious cycle so reach out to those family and friends and be honest with them and let them understand you know what there is a reason why I'm acting this way and and I'm really sorry And sometimes I'm not aware of it and it's quite embarrassing the most important thing is though that I've recognized something is wrong and I'm going to get help for it let them know that you're tired of isolating yourself And you like to do more things with them. Even though you feel like you can't, you wish you could, but you can't right now. And it's all about taking these little steps, being honest with yourself, and being honest with others. Because when we live with bipolar disorder, it is essential that we surround ourselves with people. It's really a bad thing if you are getting way too comfortable with being alone. You know, we have a lot to contribute. We have, we are some really smart people. Um, and, you know, take pride in that. You know, we should take pride in what we have to offer those around us. And um, if you take small steps, eventually you're going to find yourself out of isolation. Now, listen, like even when I was um, you know, trying to medicate myself properly and um, you know, thought I was doing better, I mean, my mood cycling was so extreme at some times that people who met... And befriended me in one state that I was in, were completely taken back by the different person that Mr. Joe became when I cycled into a different state. Now, I have friends from various stages in my life who drifted away when I isolated myself because of the depression, and then I get better, and I make a new set of friends, and I basically re- repeat the cycle. And, you know, thank goodness I have a, a very close knit group of friends that have stayed with me but that doesn't mean I don't isolate myself from them either I do I isolate myself from the text message there are times I can't even open it up and read it and honestly I I would feel such abandonment which was probably somewhat of a symptom of my borderline personality disorder, undiagnosed borderline personality disorder, but I would feel that abandonment about the people who would leave me because of my mood cycling, and then I began to be really, really careful about letting anybody else in. Kind of what we do when we're dating somebody, and we break up, and we're scared to get into a relationship. And believe it or not, with bipolar disorder, partially we do this to protect them and the other part is to protect ourselves and you know i find myself often rationalizing this this habit of not allowing anyone to get close to me by thinking that i'm protecting them from having to deal with the eventual next episode but, to be honest, I mean, it's really, it's not only about protecting them, you know, it's really about self-protection. I don't want people feeling, I don't want the feeling, let's say, of people being pushed away from me or running away. So what I'll do is I'll keep, you know, those people at arm's length and, and this is something that we do when we isolate ourselves and it's wrong, it's 100% wrong. I don't even know if this is helping. Listen, I got I got two real, and, and again, these were some basic tips, some generic tips, again, really based on how Mr. Joe feels when he is feeling these things. But if I was to give two really good examples of how one can deal with the isolation or get out of the isolation, um, well, three, three. First and foremost, if you're unsure whether or not you're bipolar, go get checked. Go get checked. Get on medication. Simple as that, because that might help fix things. Obviously, it, it, people are on medication with bipolar disorder, and we still feel that way. AKA Mr. Joe. So that's number one. Number two, and try to try to understand this. Focus on what's going to happen instead of how you currently feel. Now, let me let me try to explain that and this is a really hard thing to do and i don't even think that i have ever advised anybody to do this but i'm going to tell you right now if you this is if you're isolating yourself this is what mr joe used to do i would make myself do the complete opposite of what i feel like doing even if the opposite thing feels worse than anything in the world i do it I force myself to do it. I do it because that is going to allow my future to be brighter. You got to make yourself rules. honestly the moment you're isolated make yourself rules focus on the outcomes instead of the current feelings. make a set of rules say you know what the next invitation that comes in the mail I'm saying yes to. Whatever party it is. I don't care where it is. I'm going to it. Because that's the complete opposite of what Mr. Joe usually wants to do. Okay. Phone rings for Mr. Joe? Isolation, man? I don't answer. But guess what? Answer that phone no matter how you feel in that moment. It's almost like you have to be your own drill sergeant. Because your brain... In that moment, is telling you a bunch of nonsense because it is not normal to want to be isolated. So, if you could understand and take what Mr. Joe is saying, the simple fact that the brain is advising you incorrectly, completely wrong, your brain you can't count on when you're in that state of mind, when you're isolated and depressed. You can't count on your brain. So you have to become that that instructor, that drill sergeant, so to speak, um, when your brain is telling you information that's not correct. Because I promise you this, it's not correct. And the unfortunate thing is with bipolar disorder, we don't always recognize that and, and understand that. So um, make yourself a set of rules. I don't know if that was two or three examples, but... I got one more that's a really, really interesting thing, Um, and I know it's going to be difficult, and this is actually something that I advise in in a different way, obviously, in different contexts, but I advise a lot of the parents that I work with to do with their children with autism, and by no stretch of the imagination am I comparing us to those with autism, but Um, Because we are very different. Bipolar and autism are extremely different. But I do advise parents to do this with autism, especially late at night. For you out there who is isolating yourself, get your butt off of social media and force yourself to be with other human beings. Okay? Remind yourself that social media is a tool that works when you're feeling well when you feel good when you're not depressed when you're not manic especially when you're not manic so you don't say the wrong dumb things like Mr. Joe used to do but the truth is that when you're depressed social media actually becomes this horrific isolator that really makes you feel like more garbage and believe me when I tell you I'm telling you through experience, not because I'm making it up, not because I'm guessing at it, not because I'm trying to fill up content for this podcast, but because I live it. I live it. I breathe it just like you. The good news is that Mr. Joe will not be admitting himself to a hospital. The other good news, at least from a personal perspective, is I'm not isolated right now. Because it's not an easy thing to deal with; it's not a good feeling to have. But the other good thing is, at least Mr. Joe has produced a podcast that might be able to help. And even if even if you take one simple tip and you, and you find a little bit of insightful information from this particular podcast to um, you know take just take one step at a time, that makes me happy. It really, really does. It makes me happy. Um, because we have to stick together that's why i read your emails that's why i give my email address out that's why this is a two-way conversation that's why i'm talking to you i'm reading what you say and uh, that's the way it works sadly we're doing it over social media if you want to think about it why because that's just the way it is when it comes to podcasting but While I appreciate the emails for those of you who might be isolating yourselves, make that the last email for now that you write to me. In other words, if I write you back, you don't even have to respond at all because as far as I'm concerned, you should be talking to people in person. How does that sound? And you want to know something else? And... God, I have never done this a day in my life, but I'm going to say this right now. You already know what my voice sounds like. So my, my fear of isolation and depression is significant in the sense when we are isolated and we are depressed, I get extremely concerned about those people because I think suicide is always on their mind. So you all know what my voice sounds like, and... When we're isolated and depressed, we need a person that we can trust. And if you're not ready to take those small steps to get yourself out of isolation, but you you feel like you need to talk to somebody, but you just don't think anybody's going to understand, and possibly Mr. Joe will, send me an email, write me one line, and say, Mr. Joe, I would like to talk to you now um and i will i'll give you my time and you could ask me anything you want and i don't care when it is what time of day um obviously if i'm sleeping i'm not going to answer you (laughs) but um you know write me and uh, god's honest truth if i do call you i'm going to call you with a block number you're not going to see where i'm from so um if you you know don't if you don't accept private calls you better change that option if you do reach out to me. But this is the very first time in over 100 and God, I'm, I don't know, we're at like 120 now maybe, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, 100 and something episodes, and I've never offered anybody the opportunity to talk to me in person. And again, I'm not, I'm not acting as if I'm a celebrity, <laughs> saying, oh, you know, look at what I'm giving you. you. You won the big prize. You could actually talk to Mr. Joe. No. I'm offering to talk to you over the phone because if that's as close as we can get to unisolating you talking to me a real person then let's go for it mr joe bp yahoo dot com where you can find me on twitter at mr bipolar job for those of you that are living with a mental illness right now and you're doing well i ask that you continue to work hard For those of you that love or care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And for those of you who are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask you to continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you for listening again. miss you guys. I love you all. Talk to you again real soon, and have a great weekend.